Coming up on the WAC Podcast, Utah Valley men's basketball in the final four of the NIT, just the second WAC team in the last 20 years to advance to the final four. We're going to talk to Jason Erickson, the assistant athletic director over communications for Utah Valley in our second segment about the Wolverines. And they are all over the place in terms of social media. Everybody's falling in love with UVU. We're also going to talk some baseball. We had Commissioner Thornton uh, talking with Andy Katz, uh, softball in full swing. Uh, we, we got a lot to talk about coming up next on the WAC Podcast. Welcome to the WAC Podcast. Today's episode is presented by Hercules Tires. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Danner and Kendra Sheehan. The Green Men are headed back to the Orleans. You may think I'm referring to Utah Valley men's basketball, but I'm actually referring to the band. The, Green the actual men Green Men. We'll be back, and it's exciting for them. For years and years, the NIT Final Four was at Madison Square Garden, and this year changed venues, and of all places, the Orleans Arena in Las Vegas, site of the WAC basketball tournament, site of where Utah Valley just a few weeks ago surrendered a 23-point lead to Southern Utah, and one of the uh, uh, most crushing uh, defeats probably uh, we've seen in the WAC tournament, but they did not uh, feel sorry for themselves. They pulled themselves back up and, and have this run going in the NIT, Kendra. They beat New Mexico in the pit. I mean, this is a fabled, tough place to play. Then they go to Boulder, beat the University of Colorado, a very good University of Colorado team. Then they play Cincinnati, another team. We've seen them in the NCAA Final Four. We've seen them. They're going to be a Power 5 school next year and handled them in Orem first national TV game at Utah Valley. It was on ESPN2. Packed house. Everybody's there, and everybody's falling in love with the Wolverines. I know. People are like, what is this school? Where did it come from? You know, you were telling me that not too long ago they were just a junior college. 15 years ago. A skip. They're not even Division One. They just, I mean, they don't go to Division Two. They jump right to Division One. Only school Literally, ever to do it. nobody does that. Yes. <laughs> I don't think I don't think no you can one. anymore. <laughs> and now they're just, you know, have taken over. And they had a, they've had a pretty solid team a couple of years, but you know, this squad just seems different. I mean, Mark Madsen, of course, NBA two-time NBA world champion with the Lakers, played with Shaq with Kobe Bryant, with all the big time stars. Coach LeBron. Coach LeBron. And, you know, it was it was interesting because after that loss, he took a majority of that. I mean, he basically took the heat. He was like, I, I burned our timeouts too early. I drew plays that, you know, didn't put us in positions to be successful. And it was on him. And so, you know, it's that was a tough moment for them. And then the way they have just absolutely – turned the page and become a, a team with menace. Uh, you know, it's any number of guys. You talk Trey Woodbury, hammer dunk, boom, Aziz Bandago. Don't even come near him with a shot. He's blocking it. And then he's taking it to the other side and dunking it. <laughs> and Blaise Justin Harmon, Neal 32 will pop points. on and shoot from the logo. Yeah. Uh, Justin Harmon, 32 points in the win at New Mexico. 
Trey Woodbury, the last two games has been sensational and not just the hammer dunks, but it, it, the three pointers and assists. He's the one uh, what, what we saw at, who did the, uh, the, the lob from uh, half court. Is that what you're talking about for the dunk? Oh yeah. That was, was that Tim Fuller? Justin Harmon to Tim Fuller. Yeah. I mean, so, so, so many different places they're getting these big plays and they're just so fun to watch. And, and let's not sleep on Southern Utah either. Southern Utah made it to the, uh, obviously the WAC championship game. Then they go to the CBI and make it to the semifinals of the CBI. They were also on ESPN too, by the way. So back to back nights, we had WAC teams on national TV. We're going to have Utah Valley on national TV again next week as they go to the Orleans Tuesday, hopefully Thursday for the championship. And what what a way for them to get retribution here too. I mean, this is returning to the scene of the crime. I know, I, you know, and we'll get a chance to speak with Jason Erickson who works closely with the program and uh, hear more about that. But yeah, I mean, it's gotta be for them, like coming back there, having the opportunity to right the wrong. I mean, obviously they had, would have still wanted to be in the NCAA tournament and you know, the NIT was never the goal for this team, but NIT final four, I mean, you're playing big time programs. You're putting your name on the map, you know, and it's, it's a chance for them to, to right the wrong. <laughs> so they will be playing Tuesday, March 28th. That will be on ESPN two at the Orleans arena against university of Alabama, Birmingham, and that is a 7.30 mountain time start, 6.30 uh, central time, 8.30, or no, what is it? 8.30 central time, 6.30 Pacific time on ESPN2. So you, you look at the opponents they've had, and and now uh, three of the four are mid-majors uh, in, the, in the NIT Final Four. Wisconsin, the only uh, non-mid-major making it that far, but uh, just a fun ride. Uh, we saw the president of the university getting a, a lot of run for, and she's, she's been there all along. I mean, so again, people are kind of just discovering the green man group or uh, Astrid Tumenez. Tumenez. Uh, the, the president of, of Utah Valley. And she is front and center. And as Jason Erickson will say in her second segment, she's not only there at basketball, she's there at wrestling. She's there at other events too. She is a, a big time supporter of the Utah Valley athletic program. And I saw that video. I was like, I'd run through a brick wall for her. <laughs> <laughs> so congratulations to Utah Valley on making it this far. And hopefully uh, they will make it even further. I, I did look up uh, the last time we had a, a, we've had twice a WAC team has won the NIT championship. 2001 Tulsa won the NIT championship with Buzz Peterson as their head coach. He, uh, his course uh, best known for being Michael Jordan's best friend. Uh, but then uh, also went on to be a successful college basketball coach. Only was at Tulsa for one year and then went to uh, Tennessee after that. And then the other time was, in, I believe, 1966 BYU won the NIT championship as well. 2017 was the last time we had a team in the Final Four. That was CSU Bakersfield as they had kind of a magical run to the NIT back at Madison Square Garden and then lost to Georgia Tech in that round of uh, four there. So. A lot of NIT history in the whack, but uh, you know what else is going on, Kendra? Spring sports. And this week in baseball, we have a big time series starting as we uh, record this on Friday, big time series between two of the top teams in the league, Sam Houston, Grand Canyon in Phoenix. And uh, looking at the standings, 
Sam Houston six and zero, Grand Canyon five and one. So you could say this is uh, these are the top two teams in the league at the moment. Yeah, this should be a really really good matchup. I mean, Sam Houston has. Some big time playmakers on there, but um, and even they just played Baylor recently. Uh, six they lost seven to six, but a very, very close win. And then they've been sweeping our good old wax schools so far. Um, they got a win against Illinois, they lost to Texas just by two runs. I mean, they're putting out some quality. They beat Kansas State eight to three early in the season, Iowa six to nothing. You know, they put out a lot of Rhode Island. I mean, I just keep going. But <laughs> well, and what's in interesting, whack, too, Kendra, is it, we talked a little bit about this uh, as we we're kind of prepping for, uh, you know, content this week. And, and Carlos Contreras, who's our co-preseason player of the year, hasn't he's been injured. And even, uh, but, you know, before the injury or maybe he's been playing injured. Uh, not you know near the batting average he had last year. Not near the the production he, he's had. So I, I don't know where he stands there. But if if he comes around, holy smokes! I mean, the team's doing so well right now. If if you had a big time player there, all of a sudden that that should elevate them even more. And on the flip side of that, Grand Canyon, Jacob Wilson, uh, talk about him being a first round pick in the major league draft uh, this upcoming year. Their pitching staff is, you know, probably the best in the whack this year new head coach. Uh, so, you know, a lot of new faces on the team, but seem to have carried over what, what they had built last year, going to the NCAA tournament as an at-large team seem to be uh, just as good, if not better this year. Yeah. They have, you know, a lot of similar pieces plus their head coach is Greg Wallace. He's been with the program. So he kind of maybe have taken away a little bit of Andy Stankowitz's coaching and also you know following it's not such a drastic change he's really kind of guiding them building off of last year and so they have they have a solid program they've already had big time wins in the non-conference I mean they've been impressing us like crazy Ohio State won nothing they beat Gonzaga they beat Tennessee four to three for their home opener Ohio State they actually beat twice so they have they have a lot of quality wins under their belt already early on to build a nice resume. But then you look at another team, Abilene Christian, sitting at five and one in the WAC. Yeah, let's not sleep on the Wildcats. They're doing well. Let's too. not sleep on the Wildcats. <laughs> <laughs> they beat Oklahoma four to three. Took them ten innings to do it, but they did it. So a lot of uh, quality baseball being played in the WAC. Softball also. Oh, well underway here, Kendra. And I don't have my softball pulled up. How about Utah Tech sitting up top at 3-0 in the whack right now after just sweeping Abilene Christian? They're a team. You know, Utah Tech, man. Utah Tech women's basketball started off really, really strong. And, uh, of course, Stephen F. Austin, who won our tournament last year, and Stephen uh, F. Austin just uh, went down to Texas, uh, played them. Uh, of course, Texas, one of the top teams in the country, got them pretty good. But back to Utah Tech, I mean, in their third year of the transition from D2 to D1, uh, we are seeing that, Kendra, where they have taken that next step in a lot of their sports. We saw it happen in women's soccer where they qualified for the WAC tournament. Uh, as you mentioned, softball, they get a sweep right out of the box. They're 18-9 and nine overall. They have some quality wins non-conference as well. So they they have 
establish themselves as a team to watch. And again, going back to Commissioner Thornton this summer and and having all the transitioning schools from D2 to D1 now eligible for all tournaments, not just the WAG basketball tournaments, I think has really uh, lit a fire under under Utah Tech and Tarleton in terms of, hey, we're not just playing for regular season. We, we do have a postseason this year. Yeah, I think it totally has made a difference. I mean, how do you keep a, a group motivated towards the end of the season? You're kind of maybe you're not playing your best and you're not going to make the tournament anyway. So, I mean, then you and what happens if you're still two years away or something? So it's not even like, well, next year we'll get them. You know, it's hard. I feel like it's it's really tough for those transitioning schools, especially those student athletes. And so I think this has done monumentous, monumental things. <laughs> for the athletes and, and in raising the competitive level in the conference. Uh, back to uh, basketball a little bit here, Kendra. So Commissioner Thornton, who I just mentioned, was also uh, on Andy Katz's NCAA uh, social series uh, with Stu Jackson, who's going to be the new commissioner of the West Coast Conference. Uh, check that out on the, uh, we, we put some links to it on our social media channels and it's about a 20, 25 minute uh, interview with, with both of them, with, with Andy, uh, of course, you know, uh, was on ESPN for years and years and is, uh, you know, one of the leading voices in college basketball, uh, works uh, for the NCAA, works for some other conferences, does tennis stuff. He does all kinds of stuff, but, uh, he was on the sideline actually for the Grand Canyon, uh, Gonzaga game last week in the NCAA tournament. So he's, he's always doing all kinds of different things, but uh, kind of an interesting tidbit there that I didn't know, Kendra, was uh, Commissioner Thornton and Stu Jackson. They go back a long ways where uh, Brian's stepmom was uh, roommates with uh, Stu's wife. Uh, so he's Crazy. he's known Stu since he was like 10 years old when Stu was uh, head coach of the New York Knicks and the uh, what then was the uh, Vancouver Grizzlies, now the Memphis Grizzlies. That's crazy. No, I didn't even realize that. The things you learn when Andy Katz. <laughs> but there's um, also a, a good uh, quote from from Brian about uh, being the point guard, you know, comparing being a commissioner to being a point guard uh, as to where he, you know, was a power forward when he played college basketball. And if you see the shot, he has the uh, thousand point basketball, which uh, you, you don't get a thousand points uh, just by uh, sitting on the bench there. That's That's a big time player. Above that is a little action figure. He has got yeah. his own action figure. You don't get that just by sitting on the bench either. I mean, <laughs> to have your own figurine made too important. Still in the box. Still in the box. I mean, I might have, if, if I had an action figure, I might have, you know, taken it out, you know. I'd be playing with it. I'd be showing <laughs> everybody. Well, what if it, you know, I would buy a hundred of them. Probably. Put in every room so everyone knew I had an action figure. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Um, we, we also have track. We also have uh, golf, tennis, all, all, all those things going on. And, and as, as we mentioned every week, uh, those championships uh, coming up closer and closer. I think we're five weeks away, four and a half weeks away from women's golf and then tennis and men's golf and uh before you know it, it'll be June. <laughs> and, uh, just a, a, a lot to, to happen between now and then, but a lot of good things happening in the WAC right now, especially Utah Valley men's basketball. They're taking center stage, and we're going to talk to Jason Erickson coming up after the break. We would like to thank our partners, Hercules Tires, Ticket Smarter, and Adidas. Now, back to the WAC Podcast. 
Welcome back to the WAC Podcast. As promised, we are now joined by Jason Erickson from Utah Valley, the Assistant Athletic Director over Communications. Jason, I know it's been super busy here with Utah Valley making it to the Final Four of the NIT, so thanks for joining us, especially this week. No, this is fun. Thanks for having me on, you guys. All right. Hey, Jason, want to start off with you've been at Utah Valley for, for some time now. Kind of tell us what that atmosphere was like in the building. As I understand, the final home game of the college basketball season's final final home game, <laughs> packed house, national TV, presidents out there. You got you got everybody out there. What, what what was that atmosphere like compared to other games you've seen there at Utah Valley? It was incredible. It, it was incredible because everybody was so fired up. It was it was probably louder than I've than I've ever heard it. At least since it's since we knocked off BYU at home uh, a couple of years ago. Um, but everybody was so fired up and they have, you know, such a historic program like Cincinnati in the building, um, that doesn't always happen. And, and so everything, uh, everything kind of aligned and, and the fans showed up and the students showed up and, and it was, it was, uh, there was a tremendous vibe in the building. That's for sure. Now I gotta ask, cause I know it was packed in green, but how many Cincinnati fans did you see there? <laughs> Not many. Yeah, not many. There was a, a couple of rows um, behind their bench, but that was about it. Yeah. Well, in terms of uh, the team, Jason, I know there was, you know, a lot of disappointment last time at the Orleans in the semifinals. I mean, we rehashed it a little bit in, in segment one here, but, you know, obviously losing to Southern Utah wasn't, uh, wasn't the greatest feeling for the, the Wolverines, but to come back and not only, uh, play well, but take advantage of, of this opportunity to play in the NIT, go to the pit, go to Boulder, beat a program like Cincinnati. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to play the what if game, but if yeah. Utah Valley had been in the NCAAs, you, you got to figure this is a team that could have won a game in the tournament. Isn't that yeah. true? Yeah. And I, and I thought the team felt that this was their year to do that. And, uh, and so that's why there was such big disappointment um, you know, from, from always, obviously the players on the team, the coaching staff, uh, were, were so disappointed that they couldn't get to that next step in the WAC tournament. Um, but the way they've responded has been amazing. Um, they didn't keep their heads down. They get, they went, they, they were excited about the NIT. They were excited to go on the road and show what, you know, show what they could do. And, and the, it's such a good team. Like it's such a good team. They play as a team. They play, they share the ball. Um, there's not, there's not no egos on this team. Everybody loves each other and, and they just want to win. And, uh, the guys wanted to do something that, you know, the, has never been done in, in program history and said, you know, well, let's get to the final four of the NIT and let's try and go win the thing. And, uh, that's the goal. And, and they head straight forward, trying to get after that. And, and that's what they're doing. Has there been any talk of course, the final four being at the Orleans in Vegas, where our conference basketball tournament is held one more time on the Orleans floor, where obviously that last game happened. Cause we're talking of, Hey, this is, you know, this is the redemption game, but let's go back to the Orleans and let's show people. This is the real Utah Valley. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've heard that chatter amongst the players. <laughs> they, they said it's kind of like a full circle moment. Um, trying to come back to the scene of the crime. <laughs> and try and redeem redeem it and uh yeah i think they're excited about it i think they're excited they're familiar with the orleans arena they feel like they've got to step up on the other teams uh somewhere they've played before and, and especially trey woodbury is a full circle moment for him 
He started his career at UNLV. He's from Las Vegas. He's played high school state tournaments in the Orleans, won state tournaments. And so it's a big, huge full circle moment for him as well. Jason, staying with uh, Trey Woodbury, it's always funny to me uh, watching uh, broadcasters who have not watched Trey play clearly when he does something amazing that we're used to seeing the last four years. But the the way he's been playing, especially the last two games, as well as as maybe he's playing, played in his career, but just to, uh, and again, it's a guy that if he had been in the NCAA tournament, I think would have been a, a darling of the NCAA tournament just because he's yeah. so explosive, but can also step back at the three, runs the show. But in terms of uh, his play, particularly in this tournament, I mean, you'd have to say he's probably the MVP of uh, Utah Valley so far. Yeah, Trey's one of those guys, He, you know, he he's the point guard. Um, he brings the ball up the floor. He gets everybody else involved. He he's got one of the, the one of only three triple doubles in UVU history because he dishes the ball. He pulls down rebounds. He can can do it all. And uh, and he's a big body. He's a big big point guard, so he can post up against people. And there just really isn't anything he can do. And it's all come together for him. And I'm really happy for him. And, and we've seen it all along. We've seen it for the last four years. And uh, it's fun to see him on this kind of pedestal in a in a big uh, tournament setting where he's getting it done. It is impressive when you look at this team and you look at uh, the box scores from the tournament because Trey Woodbury obviously has had a massive impact, but then you look at Justin Harmon dropping 18 points against uh, Colorado, Latre Darthard, Aziz Bandago, Tim Fuller even in the mix. I mean, how how is it possible for teams that are scouting Utah Valley to – you can't key in on one single guy, so how do you even approach it if you're looking from a scouting report standpoint? Don't give anything yeah. away. No, that's <laughs> well, that's, that's, I mean, really, you guys are spot on, right? You, you, can't, you can't prepare for it because it's going to be one of any five of these guys, and then there's a couple of guys off the bench as well uh, that can get it done, and that's what makes them so dangerous is that you've got three guards – who all can score more than 30 points a game. And then you've got two big guys underneath that you've also got to deal with. And you got to you, basically both of them almost average double doubles. Aziz Bandego is averaging a double double. So, and then they're one of the top, they are the top shot blocking team in the nation with over 200. They're the only school in the nation that has over 200 blocks this season. The next closest team is like Illinois with 166. So, so yeah, a little dangerous in every little area was what is what is really incredible. It's pretty amazing, Jason, that the year Aziz Bandego has had. You, you mentioned averaging the double double and the block shots, especially after Fardaz Amac transferred. This was a, you know a whack player of the year, um, you know that type of guy to to see Aziz step in. Didn't really have the numbers uh, when he transferred in, but is is this a Mark Madsen thing where it's like? Uh, Mike Shanahan and the uh, running backs where wh whoever the big guy is at uh, Utah Valley is going to produce. For sure. I mean, Mark Madsen has, has been a big guy in the NBA. He's, he's a big guy with Stanford taking them to the final four. He's kind of done the whole thing as a big in all areas, all different levels. So um, for sure. I mean, if you're a big guy and you're in the nation and you've got, you know, you want to get better, well, where else are you going to go now? I mean, They've produced Fardaz Amak. They've produced Aziz Bandego. Um, before that, it was Emmanuel Ojapoki, who was one of the leaders in blocks in the nation at the time. So, so yeah, good things are going to happen to you if you're big and you want to get better and, and develop, for sure. 
yeah, if I'm a big and I'm in the transfer portal, I'm hoping <laughs> Mark Madsen gives me a call. Uh, yeah. Jason, but since you've been with program, I know you, you came to Utah Valley back in 2014, but when you look at the history, I mean, not too long ago, Utah Valley was a junior college, didn't even go D2. Now they're division one and just absolutely, you know, putting a name for themselves on the map. People are like, what is Utah Valley, you know, and, and seeing them in, in the NIT final four, have you watched this program develop and become one of the top mid-major programs and gaining so much national attention? Well, it's incredible. I mean, I've seen it firsthand as a, I was a student at Utah Valley and I covered the team when they were a JUCO team um, for, for the school newspaper and, and to see him make that jump to Division One straight to Division One, the only team in the nation that ever do that to go straight from junior college to Division One, and and now it's almost impossible to do that. So they probably will be the only school to ever do that. And um, yeah, in such a short amount of time too, which is crazy, um, how far the the athletic department has brought the program and how much support that uh, administration has put in the program. It's come. I mean, it really is crazy. You could write a book about it. You really could um, to to where they were a JUCO program and and now to where, you know, the president's on national television with her pom poms <laughs> on the sideline, um, getting all sorts of love on national television. So, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's crazy where the where the program has come. I mean, I saw Big Cat from Pardon My Take is tweeting about Mark Madsen in Utah Valley. I mean, this is uh, unprecedented, yeah. I think, for, for the school. But Again, it's it's kind of, uh, you know, maybe on the national stage, people are learning about Utah Valley, but at the same time, it was, I, I don't know if it still is, Jason, the largest school in Utah in terms of enrollment, and yeah. in that 15 years has really become a juggernaut. really has, yeah, over 43,000 students, you know, that's what's wow. funny, people watching on television were like, who is a small school? You know, they're probably four, three, four thousand students, but but no, you're right, the largest the largest enrollment in the state of Utah at over 43,000 students and it continues to grow um, which in skyrocketing numbers, which is crazy. Um, so yeah, so yeah, a lot, a lot going on in, in Utah County and Orem, Utah. We got to go back to Dr. <laughs> Astrid Tuminez <Yeah. laughs> because she is out there yeah. shaking the pom-poms. I mean, like so looking fun. on Twitter now, it has... 700 retweets, 8,000 likes. People are in the comments like, she's the best. But then you also see people who are affiliated with the school who are like, she is so all in on this program. She's at every game. She's so supportive. From your perspective of, you know, being affiliated with the program, how how much support is is your president giving? And how cool is it to see? I mean, not all presidents are out there with their pom-poms. <laughs> yeah, no, it's incredible. I mean, it's so fun. And, and she's not like that. It wasn't a one-time thing. Um, you're right. She's she's there all the time. And it's not just basketball. It, it's it's wrestling. She's down on the mat, pounding the mat. She <laughs> loves wrestling. I mean, she's at all of our athletic events, not just basketball. So she is so supportive. And yeah, it's incredible. Um, our staff, uh, I know the athletic staff feeds off of it because she fires everybody up and, and gets us going to want to be better and improve ourselves. And our teams want to get better and, and get it get, and improve themselves. And yeah, she's she's a force of nature for sure. She's small. She's small in stature, but she's ginormous. I mean, she has this ginormous personality and uh, she can get you going. I mean, she really can. She fire you up. So, Jason, what's next week going to look like? Uh, kind of get us behind the curtain a little bit in terms of your role and some of the things that might change for you. Obviously, national television, ESPN2. 
uh, going back to Las Vegas for the Orleans, but I got to imagine you're doing this interview today. I'm sure Mark Madsen's in high demand and Trey Woodbury, yeah. everybody else in high demand for interviews and, and kind of how you have to facilitate that. Yeah. So it's been the past, the past couple of weeks have been fun. Um, yeah, a lot of interview requests for players for coach Madsen, coach Madsen always has a ton of interview requests, whether it's the off season or, or in season, because um, people are so no enamored, are, are enamored by him. Um, but, you know, it's fun. We're just trying to juggle interviews and, and get get things ready. But, yeah, I'm working with with ESPN has been fun. Um, you know, you produce storylines for them, um, some things that they can talk about on the air, um, producing game notes. Um, we, we like we're different. I think we like to to keep our program open and our players open um, to where they can even come and talk to our guys our players and get their backgrounds and get to know them um, because that's what we want, right? We want, we want people to get to know our program, get to know Utah Valley and what it's all about. So, so it's been fun. Yeah, for sure. I was looking a little bit. You sent me the schedule for Monday. Will you guys fly in on Monday? Are you planning on flying in Sunday? What's kind of the travel plan? Yeah, to get we'll, you travel, guys all set? we'll travel in, we'll travel in on Sunday. Okay. Um, and then we'll get going Monday with practice and some interviews and some media opportunities and that kind of thing. Are you familiar with the Orleans and and how, how to get around there? I think so. Yeah, I think I'll, I think I'll be all right. Yeah, you know how to get from Very the hotel to the uh, to the gym, right? You know, you walk past the uh, the sewer. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you get the you get the smell, and then you get into the arena. Oh my gosh! Oh, it's a fa- it's a fantastic them. arena. We don't want to yeah. dog on the Orleans, no. here, but we we've been there many times, and we know. Yeah. To, to go to TGA Fridays or to go to uh, it's our place. It, I mean, yeah, there's there's probably not a, a part. Actually, we went upstairs this year. That was the first time. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we, we've been. It'll, all be, it'll be a little different because the team headquarters, the team hotels, uh, is the Vidara, and oh, then okay. we'll shuttle uh-huh. in. So we'll just shuttle in from the Vidara right to the arena and back and forth. So yeah, it'll be fun. Well, now, one last cool storyline here, as we've been seeing, and, and you had mentioned during Vegas, is Mark Madsen's wife. She's oh, my right, gosh, she's yeah. She's very close to having a baby right now. And so, uh, you know, I saw when they won against Cincinnati, Mark had gone over, gave her a kiss, was super excited. But what has that been like? I mean, he's balancing the fact that he could have a, a, a kid at any moment. Well, this <laughs> this will be his fourth child. Under the age of five and a half. Whoa. Oh, okay. So, so yeah, I mean, it's not just having the baby, but it's, it's juggling, <laughs> it's juggling all the kids. kids at the same time. Yeah. But yeah, he's, oh, he's such a dedicated dad too. So, I mean, he's all in. Um, Yeah. He's trying to figure out what to do because yeah, she's due on Friday. Whoa. Oh my goodness. Tomorrow. So, tomorrow. And so we'll see what happens. So he, he could be in Vegas. He might not be in Vegas. He might arrive late. He might be there early. I mean, we don't know. So it's wait, it's wait and see for everybody. Well, that, that I mean, that's a good thing to, to have to worry about for Coach yeah. Matson, but uh, definitely a, a great storyline. Jason, uh, we appreciate you taking some time out. We uh, we will be rooting for the Wolverines uh, this upcoming week at the Orleans and, and watching them on ESPN2, and I can't wait to watch. No, thanks, you guys. We appreciate your support. Appreciate the whack and uh, go Wolverines. That's Jason Erickson, the assistant athletic director for communication. No, it wasn't for over communications. Uh, Thanks everybody for listening to the WAC podcast. Thanks for listening to the WAC podcast. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube.
and check out our website at WACSports.com.